Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Naptime Kitchen Home Reset. Y'all, this might be the most needed and also the hardest of all the episodes I've had to do because the topic is one that we kind of all loathe to a certain degree, but we also really can't live without, and that is paper. I also felt like this was a really hard episode to write because paper is a pretty massive topic. It's everything from bills, party invitations, kids' artwork, everything like that can be considered paper. And also, half of this has gone online. Many people nowadays do their bills online, while a lot of people still prefer to see a paper copy or they still get a paper copy in the mail. There's evites, but there's also paper invitations, so it's a lot to keep up with. Paper feels like a very, very mixed bag to me. So nowadays, everything paper really does appear to have like a digital option, but then you can really easily get into digital paper clutter. And unlike actual paper, this is really dangerous because the digital world can seem to have no end. It can be a bottomless pit and a black hole of all of your paper. It's just, it can be a mess of its its own right. So for the sake of making this episode short and manageable, we are going to be talking about actual paper that comes into your house. Email and online digital filing is really a beast of its own, and perhaps another episode for another day. So while many of you, I'm sure, have online systems, I think we all still have enough actual paper coming into the house to devote an entire episode to this. So in this episode, I'm going to break us down into three categories. Paper that comes in the mail, paper that comes home with your children, and paper that is already currently in your home, okay? So let's start with the mail. I am going to assume that in the mail, you're going to get bills, invitations, junk mail, magazines, but also probably some kind cards, birthday cards, things like that, and maybe even coupons. So I hope it comes as no surprise that the first thing that you need to do when you get the mail, is toss any junk mail. Like this should go into your recycling bin pronto. You can even put it into your outdoor recycling bin. Don't even let it enter your home if you want to. So now that the junk mail is out of the way, you can handle all the rest of the stuff in there that is worth your time. I think the best way to handle the mail coming into your house is to first decide what kind of paper person you are. And I need you to stick with me because I think this is super, super important. I think that there are two kinds of paper people in this world. The first kind are those that are diligent enough to get a stack of bills or or paper, anything that comes in, and they can place it somewhere out of view. And they will be diligent enough to come back to that stack of paper at another time and go through it. The second group of people are those that are not diligent enough to go back to that stack of paper, and they would just let it pile up, out of sight, out of mind. And this type, these type of people need the paper stack to be in front of them and to torture them until they deal with it. I am actually in the latter camp of those people, while Nate is in the former camp. So for this reason, I have learned that I have to keep the mail in a place where it actually irks me and tortures me in order for me to actually go through it. So I'm going to kind of explain to you how this works when the mail comes into our house. All right. Usually, Nate gets the mail. This is just one of those like small joys to him. He gets the mail from the mailbox. He tosses any junk mail and he sticks his magazines on the coffee table. 
He then sorts and takes any bills to a folder in his office where he's going to handle the bills. I'm going to talk about Nate's billing system a little bit later, but he grabs the bills. So any mail that is addressed to me is left on the kitchen counter, as well as any mail that he opened that's like for our whole family, think like invitations, cards, and any like catalogs or something that he doesn't know if I want. So the counter, the kitchen counter, this is my personal punishment zone. Because I long for our kitchen counter to be clear, but I do not allow the mail to leave this area until it has been dealt with. So having it torture me on the kitchen counter, that is kind of my personal assurance that it won't sit there for more than 48 hours and I'm not going to let it accumulate. So here's kind of a few rules that I just have in my mind for the paper on the counter. First off, invitations. No invitation can leave the counter and be put on the bulletin board until I have RSVP'd to it. I also tend to put a little check on the invitation just to like remind myself that I RSVP'd to it, but it is not allowed to go on the bulletin board, which is like right where our calendar is, until I have RSVP'd to it. And obviously, if I RSVP no, I can then toss the invitation, but it's not allowed to leave until I have made the action step. So cards, let's say like a thank you card or a birthday card. If it's a card where I want to thank the person in some way, I do not allow myself to toss the card until I have texted or called the person. So the card sitting on my little torture counter is a reminder to me that I need to do that, and it will punish me until I do so. Magazines and catalogs. Okay, these I can really quickly place in basically there's two areas of the house where I'm actually going to read it. So there's a coffee table and there's a little basket by a cozy chair. And every so often we just go through these and toss like old magazines. So those are pretty easy. And then another category of things that are on this counter are pieces of mail that I need to discuss with Nate before deciding on. So like think an an invitation, are we going or not, or is uh, maybe something that we want to give to. So it has to sit on the counter and irk me until I have that discussion with Nate about what we're doing about it. And last type of mail that might come in would be coupons. To be honest with you, we really don't use a lot of coupons. But if you do, I would suggest immediately taking these and putting them wherever you are most likely to remember them. So maybe you like paperclip them to your grocery list or you put them in your reusable grocery bags that you're going to like pull out when you get to the grocery store. Or obviously, you could just put them in your wallet. But if it's a coupon that you want to actually use highly suggest putting it where you will remember it when you are at that specific store. So in our household, mail is divided. Nate handles all of the bills. I'm going to talk to you about his billing system in a minute. And I handle like kind of the bigger like household decisions that we have to make. So I know a lot of you are doing online billing completely. But for those of you that aren't, these are some of the things I gleaned from asking Nate about our bill handling system. First off, he said that having a designated protected place for your bills is key. He uses a plastic wall file located in his office, and in that file, he has stamps, envelopes, the checkbook, as well as any bills that need to be paid. So when he gets home and he opens the mail, the bills get opened, and anything that he knows he needs to pay, he goes and he just drops it into this file, and he knows that he is going to get to handling those. So again, I know that many of you are online for this stuff, but there's a lot of bills that Nate is just old school about. And we, we do have plenty of bills that are paid automatically, like our water bill, our electric bill. But I feel like, in general, there's just random bills that kind of show up at your house that you still need to have a time that you designate and go through. But the main thing is that you want these to stay together and put them out of reach of your children. <laughs> That's the main thing. 
Uh, The other thing he said is having a designated time when you handle the bills is super important because then you don't really have to stress about paying the bills on time if you have a set time that you know you're going through them. So for Nate, this is actually Saturday mornings. I know for many of you, the thought of waking up on a Saturday to pay your bills is kind of like your own personal version of hell, But, but Nate really, really loves it. He wakes up, He goes to Dunkin' Donuts, he gets an iced coffee, he comes home, he closes the door to his office, he plays music, and he calls it doing the finances. He does the finances for 30 minutes to an hour, and it is just, I think it's one of those things that he really, really enjoys, and it's very, like, routine to him. So that is something that he does on Saturday mornings. Okay, so that was kind of part one, mail coming into the house, how you deal with it, where you're putting your bills, deciding what kind of paper person you are. Can you have a stack that you're actually going to go through at a later time, or do you need to have it torture you on your counter? Having some rules for different kinds of mail that are coming into your home. Now we are going to move on to paper that your kids bring home. So before we talk about all the paper that your kids are going to bring home, I do want to take a minute and just really try and sell you on the importance of having some sort of filing system. So I was actually given a filing cabinet in high school by my parents. I asked for it. I put a filing cabinet on my Christmas list, and my parents gave me one. They also gave all of my other siblings a filing cabinet, and nobody was amused except for me. I was thrilled to have this filing cabinet. So the reason that I love them is a file cabinet is the perfect way to hold on to paper in a system that keeps it organized and manageable. So once something is filed, you can find it easily. And there also isn't any rule that you have to like keep it in your file forever. So remember that too. You can file something and then like your file gets full, you go through it and you realize like half of the stuff you don't need anymore and you can toss it then. So here are some of the files that we have. Every Like each person in the family has these different files. We have a keepsake file. So like I have one, Nate has one, each of the kids have one. So in this file, this would be something like a really, really thoughtful card that you just want to keep. Not just like a random birthday card, but something really special that you want to hold on to. Everybody has a medical file. Again, everybody has their own with any just important medical documents that need to be kept in it. And then for the kids, each of them have a school file. This does not include artwork, but this is more like maybe a really, really special report card or something like that, or a yearbook photo, something that we want to hold on to. There's also tons of other files, like there's files for Naptime Kitchen, for our taxes, all sorts of things. So it's so easy to just quickly create a little folder and a label and file things that way. Okay, One just very quick tangent hot tip. There is one area of paper in our household that does not get filed, and it's instead put into a binder, and that is anything having to do with home improvements or our home furniture. All of that goes into like a large three-ring binder, and the reason I keep this in a binder is twofold. First off, it's really easy to bring that binder out and have everything in it, like paint colors, furniture. So let's say you're like going shopping for something, you could bring the binder and you would have like your paint colors that are in the house, everything like that would be in the binder. So it's really easy to travel with it if you're making home decisions. And then two, it's going to have like the paste up for uh, when you got your kitchen ceiling repainted or your roof repaired, everything like that. And having that all in a binder is just a really nice way to keep it together for you, one, to have proof of all of the money that you've put into your home, but two, this can really, really bless the next person that 
buys your home from you should you sell your house. My mom has always kept home binders and a house that we sold. She was able to give the new owners a binder that had everything. Like, this is what we chose for flooring. This is the paint colors on the walls. Just what an incredible way to bless a new owner if you're able to give them all of that stuff. When uh, when we moved into our house, there was there was nothing given to us, not a binder, not a darn thing. So it's it's just a really great way to be able to bless someone with a lot of decisions that you've made for the house, plumbing, you've changed, anything like that. You can just have it all in a binder. All right, now that I've hopefully sold you on filing, we're just going to talk about how that pertains to like paper coming into the house from your kids. There's probably not a ton of paper coming into the house from your kids that you want to file, but maybe like a really awesome book report that they wrote or just something special or a a wonderful report card, anything like that you could file. And then another kind of paper that's probably coming in from your kids are important announcements that are brought home. So for me, those go onto that corner of the counter where they torture me and they torture me there until I write in my calendar whatever it is that I need to remember. But also a lot of times these are maybe like some sort of like theme week or special day at school. Those I put on the front of the fridge so that we can like all see them and as a family, remember whatever it is that we need to take to school or dress like for school until the event has passed. All right, now the big one, that is kids' artwork. This can be just a massive category, and we have different systems for this that have served us extremely well over the short four years of having kids' art projects sent home. So please note, like, our kids are still so, so young. I'm sure that this will really change as children get older. Uh, Maybe artwork will move, like, into their rooms or you allow them to choose what they wish to keep, anything like that. So whatever system it is, whatever system it is, at the end of the day, the hope is that your child would feel loved and celebrated. You are displaying their artwork because you just want to show them that you're proud of them and that you value what they bring home. So I really want you to remember that. You are showing them that you value and love what they bring home. So this is how it works in our house. First up, we have the art hallway. So we have two strings that are held up by pushpins that go down our main hallway. And any and all artwork that is sent home from school is displayed down this hallway. This has worked so well for us, mainly because the kids love to see their artwork and it buys me some time before I need to toss any of the artwork because honestly, there is no worse feeling than having your child like ask you to get their finger-painted dinosaur they made yesterday because they want to show their grandmother and you're like, oh my gosh, I threw it away right when it got home. You know, it's a bad feeling. So the art hallway, it buys me time. I usually have things stay up there for like around a month to two months. And when it gets crowded, I just take things down that are old and not worth keeping. So anything like really just, you know, some like picture that they colored, something you don't want to keep, you can really just toss it. And then things that are important to you, this is where the art bin comes in. So when things come off the wall, again, I said most things are tossed. I mean, I'm talking like 90% of the artwork is probably tossed. But there are a few that are worth keeping. So those things, I put the child's name and the year on the back of the artwork, and they are put into the art bin. The art bin is simply like a two-foot by two-foot bin that lives inside of Millie's closet. And it's where any and all artwork that we want and love gets stored. So I'm sure one day this bin will overflow or like each child will have their own bin. But for now, one bin holds all of the artwork and we actually have plenty of space. And I actually, I really want to go through it soon and pick out a few and frame them for our house. 
So also, no, there are a ton of online systems that you can use to do this as well. I just love having the originals of these, so that is why we do the art bin. And I also want you to remember that just because you loved something last year and it made it into the art bin, it doesn't mean you have to keep it forever. I think in John Roberts' first year of school, I put so much artwork into the art bin. But by his third year, I went through the bin and I realized that we had like five pumpkin pictures all from John Robert. And I was like, we just don't need five of these. So it it's kind of sometimes just takes time to look and see all that you have and then be able to edit down from there. But again, love, love, love having an art bin. And you might also be asking like, why don't we file the artwork? You know, I love a file cabinet. The main reason that we don't file is because Art projects tend to be like really weird sizes and many times involve things like glue and macaroni. And so I just have found that they're better if they're like in their own little flat bin instead of smushed in the file cabinet. All right, lastly, we need to tackle paper already in your home. Dum, dum, dum. All right, y'all, I know this is loaded. You might have this like completely under control. It's gonna take you 10 minutes, go through some papers. Some of you are probably absolutely drowning and this is going to take you a month. Whatever it is, just for the sake of time, I want us to kind of all get to a common starting place and I hope that everything we discussed above is really going to help. So as a reminder, I want you to invest in some sort of filing system for important papers. This is going to bless you so much with paper already in your home that you can toss what you need to, but also be filing anything important. And I want you to create a system for storing and displaying your kids' artwork as it enters your home or any artwork that is currently in your home. All right, thirdly, I want you to go through any piles around your house. And now that you have created your filing system, I want you to file what needs to be filed and discard anything old, like old invitations, old birthday cards, old coupons, old bills. Get those things out of your house. You do not need them. And then lastly, I just want you to commit to some sort of weekly or monthly run-through where you clear any new paper clutter that has formed, uh, and you can either file things or discard things. Like maybe you do it at the beginning of the month when you flip the calendar over, or maybe you're like me and you just allow that paper to torture you on the counter so that you're constantly, constantly going through it. But whatever it is, figure out some sort of system for you where you are filing and discarding paper often. Right. When I just had to throw this in at the end because it's such it's a tip I use so often. I've talked about this on my Instagram. Many of you have seen it, but the inside of your kitchen cabinets are also a great place to store important pieces of paper. And what I mean by this is it's the inside of the kitchen cabinets uh, don't really have visual clutter because they're normally closed and they don't take up any space because you're just taping a piece of paper. So the inside of your cabinets can be a really really great place to tape any really important pieces of paper. Mine are so random. I have a, a sheet on uh, how to care for and water my fiddle leaf fig. I have one or two recipes that we constantly make, but I haven't committed to memory. Uh, I have the care tips for cleaning our wooden cutting boards. I have fruits and vegetables by their season. Anything you want, like you can tape up on the inside of your kitchen cabinet if it's something that you just need to like quickly reference. Like maybe it's your child's soccer schedule. I mean, whatever it is, you can tape them on the inside of your cabinets. It saves you so much time and it's just no visual clutter because it's hidden inside the cabinet. So I just had to put that in there at the end because I love taping things to the inside of my cabinets. 
The other thing that y'all have heard me talk about so much on my Instagram that I couldn't let this paper episode go by without talking about it is recipes that you print offline. And you know how much I love and swear by a recipe binder. That is where you can create, again, your own file tabs, whatever way you want to do your recipes. I have an entire highlight on my Instagram dedicated to this, but paper recipes that you're printing, want to cook, all of those things make a binder, store them all together. So again, that is another form of paper that isn't scattered around and is all in one place. All right, everyone, with that, we are done with the paper episode. I know this was fast. I know there are likely forms of paper that we didn't cover, but my hope is that this gives us some sort of starting place to create some systems that will keep the paper pile up at bay. 